you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. So it's empty again for Roethlisberger. Three right, two left for the veteran. He's in a shotgun. Dropping the throw. Steps up. Now he's going to get hit. Ball is out. The ball is out. Telvin Smith picks it up and runs along the right sideline. Inside the 30, the 20, the 10, the 5. Touchdown. Telvin Smith is running back, and it's a touchdown for Jacksonville. David. Football. Football, David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. No, not really football fans. Uh, this is MJD here, and I've actually hijacked the show. Um, I was surprised that we were going to have a show this week, to be honest with you, after what the Jags did to the Pittsburgh Steelers. But let me bring in my old pal, Dave, Dave Damashek, everybody. Hello, Maurice. Hold on. So, Sheck, let me, let me ask you a question. Since you're we're, since lo- we're sitting here. Well. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, zero degrees, they don't, it doesn't really do me well because I'm a tropical human being. But, you know, the Jags were able to do it. They were able to come out. So how did that make you feel to see Jacksonville come up from Florida to their second home of Pittsburgh? And uh, Heinz Field, where the Jags have dominated for years, mm-hmm. um, do this again. Sorrowful. Did history repeat itself? Is that a good, that a good word to it, use? Is, no, it's not a good word. What no. do you want me to tell you? I'm sick. I'm sick about it. Are you, My heart's heavy. So Does that why, make you so happy? Why did you tweet me Mazel Tov? Like because that like was classy. No, it's don't give me class. That's not classy. I don't, I don't, to I don't want class from a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I want. Just downright. What do you want me to do? Send you a video of me weeping? No, I want you to talk trash to me. Like, you guys got lucky. That's what true fans do. Well, I, listen, I, no jive. My, you know, I don't jive. And uh, this, my, my sincere reaction is to, is, is to feel sad. Okay, real quick. So when the Jags – I got three questions. When All right. Jags went forward on fourth and two. How did you feel? I, you know what? All right. You want to get into it? Let's get into all of it. And by the way, Cliff Averill's coming up. The Wolf, another one Check, in the winner's circle This is my right part now. of the show. You don't I get to get say it. all that. Do you all just right. I'm just question. letting everybody know just, what's happening. You can do that after this part. This is this is my part of the show. All Answer right. the question. Fourth and two, Jags are going forward. How did you feel? I was surprised in the moment. First of all, I thought, they're, they're going for this? Uh-oh. I don't want them to go for it here. Right. You wanted them to kick a field goal. I wanted them to kick the field goal, of course, because I feared what might happen. And, of course, Fournette went in. I will say, in a game that was 45-42, there were a number of significant plays, by definition, if the score is that, that there would be a lot of big plays over the course of the game. I thought that was the – in the top two or three biggest moments of that entire game was that they went for it and got it and ran right, ran for right that right middle. into him and scored. That set a tone that the Steelers are not. I mean, like it, it, because the premise you would think is they're just going to try to suppress points all day, but instead, wow, a little bit of we're, 
three's not good enough. Well, so I'll, I'll tell you this. There was there was right before that. Uh, so we finished doing our hits for a game day morning. Me and Amber. That's what I want to hear about. I want to hear about how, your day. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you about all that. So we finished the hits, and me and my kids were on the field. And mm-hmm. so the Jaguars are running out. Paul Puzlesny sees me and goes, hey, gives me a big hug before the game. I talk to a couple of the guys. They run out. They do their thing. Well, we walk over to their side. And so after they do the coin toss, uh, Pittsburgh wins the toss and they defer. And so – I thought great start. Great start. That's how Tomlin should yeah. do. He, do. he sometimes does it. What's the ball I, to start? I felt, I felt like he, they should have took, taken the ball in that situation, though, because your defense is, is – is, for some reason, that defense doesn't match well with that offense the Jaguars have. For some, I don't know why. But anyways, the kickoff happens, and I'm looking at – you know, me and my kids are looking at the, through the Jaguars sideline, and Telvin Smith is talking trash to somebody. I mean, I don't know who it is, but the scene of the smoke coming off of him and then all the other players, that was amazing. So that's where the zero degrees comes in. It was great for that. I heard it wasn't really that cold because of the sun. Uh, no, it warmed up. But when we got there at 7 a.m., it was zero degrees. I think it ended up being like around 11 or 10, maybe 9. But um, then the fourth and two. So we're on that sideline. I mean, we're sitting there on the sideline, like right there. Me and my kids they end up kicking us off because my kids aren't old enough to be on the sideline. But we, we, we did our best. And first of all, the Pittsburgh people, the the all the people there were great. I mean, they took Did you eat kids. well on Saturday night? Uh, I couldn't because I had my babies. We had to go to bed early. We got in it. At, uh, we took a red eye from L.A. there. So we didn't get in until 10 a.m. And we stayed up all day, played in the snow. I got videos. It was awesome. Excellent. Um, and then um, went and ate at a, a diner. I forgot the name of it, but they were great there. Um, it was just, it was a great experience. But that when they went for it on fourth and two, I, in my mind, I was like, this is the game. This really, I, this was the game. Can I tell you? I I mean that sounds hyperbolic, but I'm I, I'm kind of with you. I because felt the if, same if, thing because if they stopped the the state, I mean it was so loud, it was crazy. My kids were like getting goosebumps. They wanted to sit in the stands. We we had a great time, but it it was like when they played Renegade and everyone starts going crazy, um, and he goes over and gets it. Then it was just complete silence. And so I thought if they would have stopped him. The stadium would have erupted, mm-hmm. right? And, and those kind of moments, like you said, were huge. Uh, the next one was nails, man. Marone. Uh, oh well, they knew it. They they, they knew going in like this is we're in four down territory. I, I mean, that was the whole game plan. Whenever they got inside the five, they're in four or inside. A, I want I don't know if it was a five, but they had a, like a, a yard where they were you know four down territory. That impacted Tomlin's decision a little later to then go for it. And the, the the first yeah. time he went for it on yeah. fourth down, if they just kick a field goal there, Tomlin likely matches that with three of his own. So then. Um, twenty-one zero mm-hmm. thought process. Well, you're you're jumping ahead. The one bad moment in my book for Roethlisberger, I guess he also held on to the ball a little bit too long when it got to twenty-one nothing. But the other significant play, the most significant play of the first half, was that floater that uh, Roethlisberger threw out to the sideline. Oh, that, and Jack uh, your boy it Miles off. Jack picked off as soon as the ball left his hand. You thought. What did you not remember the last game? That wasn't that wasn't the one because it kind of say it just sailed I'll, it lazily out there. That I'll was I'll tell awful. you the other play too that that really it was the sack fumble where Telvin picked it up and scored. Yeah, that that changed the whole because anytime a defense scores, they say the the percentage of you if your if your defense scores, the percentage of you win the game shoots up like to eighty percent. And so those are called miscellaneous touchdowns, and that's where they that's where the Jaguars usually get you in those situations. I will tell you, I am traditionally, I am generally pretty pessimistic where my teams are concerned. I do not 
puff yeah. my chest out in advance of games and think, oh, things are going to work out for me. I'm always thinking things are going to go against us. When they got the 21 nothing, I got a weird sense of, all right, if they can score, I still think this is a game, even though this is the league's – I've been talking about it all yeah. through the season – you know, 20 – a nightmare. If you told me in advance of the game the Jags would get up 21 nothing, I would say, what well, uh, you know, obviously the Steelers have no chance of rallying. But there was a sense in, in my gut, this game's not over well, yet. Well, the, the, the issue is is this. When you're up 21 nothing, you tend to go real conservative and try to just let them throw things in front of you and you rally and tackle, and they just kind of move down the field. And that's when I think Big Ben – was able, I think Le'Veon had a, a big – was the first touchdown, right, where he threw it behind him? Was that the first touchdown? No, no, no. The first touchdown was for the, the Steelers AB. was the A-B catch. Yeah, the A-B catch. That I mean, it, uh, big, uh, broad, uh, broad strokes after the game. One, it's a huge, huge, huge bummer because this entire season was about coming off of what happened in Foxborough. Right. Um, in, in the in, title game, 51 yeah. weeks prior. So it was all a build to we got to get Patriot Steelers. And I kept telling everybody, when everybody writes it in the pen that yeah. that's the title game, there's no way it's going to happen. Well, I got, one thing. of those two was going to lose, Patriot Steelers. The other Steelers. thing, and I have to say this, after the game, I got a chance to see Le'Veon, A.B., they were, they were great. I mean, it was phenomenal. Then I was in the Jaguars locker room, hung out with those guys. Uh, you could tell, like, Pittsburgh felt like they, they let something go that they had. Right. That's right. They felt like they they they, they mm-hmm. had this one, but my 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 questions are now is, someone told me, from that Jaguars game they won. I want to say out of the thirteen wins Pittsburgh had, three of those were against playoff teams. Well, I mean they're... that's 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 like that that's tough because when you have the Jags who have played multiple playoff teams, you know I, I just I don't know I just felt like you know they didn't really the back half of that schedule was pretty simple for them. They only well, they had one tough game, which was uh, New England. They had that. Well, I mean, listen, the Ravens are always. I mean, they're that, always going to play you tough, but they weren't a playoff team because they lost to Cincinnati. But the, the the Ravens aren't a playoff team specifically because Pittsburgh beat them twice. So that may, the Ravens would have been a playoff no, they're team. They're not a they, playoff team because they lost to Cincinnati on fourth and twelve. That's why. Also they're true. Also true. Now, Maurice. So I, I'm interested in what's going on game day. You're, oh, dude, you're with those guys in the locker room before. Did the let's after, start after the game? I was with them. Okay, but uh, you want to uh, go to game? my broad strokes. I do want to hear about the impact of Mike Mitchell before the game. But okay. but I, I just want to say for from where this Steelers fan sits, one, I can't you know as compared to the AFC title game last year up in Foxborough, there's not a visceral memory from that game that makes me think I can't believe that happened and we still didn't win the game. It, uh, there are spectacular touchdowns spread throughout that game on they Sunday were. against the Jaguars, and they mean nothing. You can just flush them down uh, history's toilet because they mean nothing. They're all moot, and, it, yeah. and that bit makes me crazy. One, and two, this all-time, potentially all-time offense with Hall of Famer Roethlisberger, the league's best wide receiver, and the league's best running back, may never get to a Super Bowl. We don't know what's going to be with 26. No, you can say, oh, they're knows. definitely going to franchise them. They're definitely going to hold on to them. Well, 26 is threatened to retire. I don't know if this thing gets sideways there. Well, I don't even know that Roethlisberger doesn't emerge two weeks from now and say, you know what, I've thought about it. I am going to retire now. We don't know any of those, and that will be the, that will be the story of this generation's team. And it also bugs me that coming out of the game, 
that Cam Hayward and Vince Williams said, well, a lot of the uh, what the Jags did was owed to um, lack of gap discipline, a lot of lack of trust in their teammates out there defensively. That was verbatim what they said a year ago coming out of New England. A year, 51 weeks, and you changed <laughs> – the coaches changed absolutely nothing. I know I, Pittsburgh fans are wringing their hands and saying, fire Tomlin, fire Keith Butler, fire Todd Haley, and I'm usually not one who says, yeah, fire the, these guys. I don't think Tomlin's going to go. I don't think there's any chance Tomlin's going to go. As I mean, he's won double-digit games yeah. four years in a row. Don't be that guy. But I do think that there is that, that they do need some sort of a shakeup because if they didn't progress at all defensively, if they aren't more disciplined in terms of scheme, but remember, you then, to, then, then, then you do need to make a change somewhere. This is not a defensive somewhere. team anymore. This is what you have to remember. They have to in, be. The, they have to in be in the league. There's only there's only you only can make one side of the ball really good in, in this league with the salary cap and where we are. So you have all your money on the offensive side. Now, you have a lot of young and, and high-round picks on the defensive side, and you're supposed to develop those guys, and hopefully they get better. But all the, the, the proven guys are on offense, so your defense is going to suffer regardless. I, I, I kind and, of agree, but, but that, and Jay-Z going with, out was a massive that loss. That was the same but, thing with, with, uh, with the Colts back in the day when they were paying all those guys on offense, Reggie Wayne. I know. And then the defensive, they had two guys they were paying, and they're expected to stop like that. It, it's hard to do that. I, I think um, – you only can have, like, so for the Jacksonville, guess where all our money is defensively? I mean, they got almost $150 million on the defensive side, and then offensive side, it's, it's all picks. And I want to talk about that and how that may impact uh, what the Browns do in the draft with uh, the well, first. But, and, that, and that's the thing. I think Bucky, Bucky was on – Bucky Brooks, make sure you guys follow him on Twitter. I think it's at Bucky Brooks or something like that. Um, he, he does some great insight. And, we, and a lot of the insight is things that we've talked about, you know, when those things pop up, this is a team game. And I hate when people say, well, you need this guy, you need that guy. No, no, you need to put pieces out there first. You need to have a lot of talent out there first and then go. If you look at what happened with Green Bay when Aaron Rodgers went down, there is no talent on that They got roster. exposed. That That's, Ted Thompson's departure from that, that spot is exactly I, – we called that yeah. in the weeks following Rodgers' injury. Yes. Yeah, they got, Thompson and McCarthy got exposed. You cannot just remove – I know the quarterback's the most important thing, but same thing I would say back – people uh, – it feels like a vague excuse from the Steelers that, well, once Shazier went out, that defense was different – yeah, but you know that injuries are going to happen, it's and you can't just game. completely crumble. I know Earl Thomas a year ago, things went south on them. And guess what? They they're firing everybody in. in I know, in but Seattle. the but the one the one team that is impervious to that is the, these New England Patriots. I don't no, understand no, what. Co- no, it's not. They kind of are. They lost. They didn't. They won the Super Bowl without Gronk last year. But, now but, they but don't they have had, Dante they Hightower had, had, out it was there. Edelman, 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 and Gronk are the two pieces that make that offense go. When you don't have one, which we saw in Miami, when they didn't have either one, the Dolphins, who have beaten anyone, has you know they were struggling up and down, put a whooping on the Patriots. So the key is you have to have one, either Edelman or you have to have Gronk, and those two guys are the ones that that make this thing go. Because if you remember in the Super Bowl, Edelman's the one that made all the crucial catches to get them, you know, that big the sure. the bounce up one. He's the one doing the blocking and all those things. And Gronk's the same way. I think. Um, you have to have – the quarterback, yes, is obviously the most important piece because he touches the ball every play. But you have to have someone that he can always go to in crunch time. I want to dig in on this a little bit more. But 
let's go back to Heinz Field on yes. Sunday. And I do want to talk about, obviously, with the Wolf uh, – uh, arriving soon. We're not worried we'll get, about that. We'll get in on the Eagles. We'll get in. Trash. The Patriots basically destroyed the. We're not even worried about. It. Let's focus on Heinz Field. All right, that's. I'm just saying. I don't want anybody to think that that's the only thing we're going to be that's, talking that's, about. That's the only game that matters. All right. Now listen. At twenty-eight to seven, we got to start at the very beginning, Sheck. You're the one who jumped no, to twenty-one zero. Let's, let's talk. Let's go all the way back to seven o'clock in the morning when I okay. Get there. Tell me about it. You wake so, up. How do you feel? So I wake up. You're lucky to be got, sitting on the banks of the three rivers. It's no already question. a a start to a great. Stayed day. at the Ren- the Renaissance Hotel off Sixth Street. Phenomenal. That's where hotel. I was uh, a month ago when it, I it was. The, I was it was right. one of the like, people were great. It was a Steelers. They had Steelers country. My boys were all decked out in our Jag stuff. And uh, are people saying to you, "Hey, Maurice Jones, Drew"? Glad to have you here. Sorry, we're gonna have to send you home. Sad. That's exactly what they were saying. It, right. it was it was it was amazing. But how nice. nice they were. It was nice. I, I mean, probably because my kids were there. But it was. But great. people don't say mean. People aren't mean. No, 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 and- no. So we get there and um, we, we're getting prepared for our first hit. And I have my boys in the car and um, the driver who was driving uh, Amber uh, Theo Harris back to the. He stayed the whole time. Because- was it Bubby Brister? No, no, no. No, he doesn't. I did. I don't. I don't know. know how he makes his way at this point. I don't know. Okay, but. He was so nice. He he was like, "I'll stay the whole time, so your kids can stay in the car." Ah, see. I said, "Oh my God, these people are great!" Like, Yins go on. I got your kids for you. Exa- they all talk like that too. It was amazing. <laughs> didn't so, make it up. No, you didn't. So we they were doing our hits, and there's some. You know, there was a Jags fan who got there. We got there at seven. He got there at seven o two. Shows up in his Telvin Smith jersey, surrounded by all these Pittsburgh Steelers fans. So they come out, and we were having a good time. So finally, the sun comes out, and it starts to warm up. And I think we might have been doing our third or fourth hit. And my boys come out. We're you know having a snowball fight, and my youngest one throws a, a mean slider, and he caught Amber in the face. <laughs> right. And so I was like, oh, I was like, hey, hey, like you can't do that. He was like, Dad, she's throwing snowballs at me. I was like, you know what? I respect it. I respect. It. I respect it too for her her mean spirited words about the great city of Pittsburgh. She's a Baltimore. Oh uh, yeah, no, and, and, you know she she should be. It was freezing. And she she helped us out too, like because I had to get my kids snow pants, and it was just crazy. Oh, she's a mother of three. She, yeah, she knows was. what she knows how to. And take she knows care how she knows there. how it is when it's cold. So right. she did a great job helping. But then there was a point in time where the Pittsburgh Steelers fans started coming in droves. Like it was just like people among people wearing all this Pittsburgh stuff. And my oldest son is a diehard Jags fan. Now he was born in two thousand eight after we we won. The, so he's never seen the Jags in the playoffs ever since. So he was like, Dad, I'm so frustrated right now. He goes, I just want to throw a snowball at a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. <laughs> and I was like, son, you know, your old man, I can get down with the get down if I have to, but I just choose not to anymore. Like, I, I just want to, you know, be peaceful. He goes, but, Dad, they're they're talking trash about the Jaguars. I got to do it. So there was a security guy <laughs> there, and, and, and I was like, well, you can throw a snowball at him. He's cool. So he chucks one, poof, hits the guy. And so they're they're going back and forth, and we're doing our hit. And you can see in the back of the hit, the kids are diving and stuff. Well, I guess one fan like started talking trash to my kid. <laughs> That's not going to turn out. And well. so my youngest one like has no filter; he doesn't care. Picked up the best snowball he could and hit the guy right in the teeth. Like he just broke all over his face. <laughs> and then my and then they just started chucking snowballs. And it was cool because the and, and I get it. Like you see these random kids throwing snowballs at you, but people were like they were they were. It was fun. They had a good time. So that I mean that was that was the 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 gist of the story is that. They they can laugh and joke with the kids when they're throwing snowballs at them, which was fun. I'm glad. I, I'm glad. Ultimately, I was sad I wasn't making the trip, but obviously, in hindsight, I'm glad I wasn't there. Uh, yeah, you didn't want to be there. It for was the shame. 
it was my like I told I tell people I told our kids I was like, hey, put your feet on their couch. This is our second home. Have a good time. This is what we do here. We come in here and we do what we want. So Mike Mitchell, all right, we're going through yeah. it chronologically here. We'll uh, we'll jump to the second half in a second. But Mike Mitchell before the game goes and stands outside the Jags locker room and is yelling, "You're going to learn my name." Is that is that the story, Spaghetti? Is that what was specifically going on there? I don't know. I didn't hear that. We were working. Oh, you don't. You have no idea about that. No idea about that. Oh yeah, Mike Mitchell was yelling outside the Jags locker room and and and, and telling. It, it doesn't surprise me. Well, like, the Jags after the game were talking about the fact that they did not like that. Uh, no, I mean, did he, not appreciate does, he, that. That's him though. That's what I know. But David just, DeCastro has since come out and yeah, said because he's it's just not smart. Like, dude, they stomped you the last time you played. I know, but he also yes, he got emasculated by Leonard Fournette, which we talked about, and Mike Mitchell directly. Uh, called I, me well, out on tell Twitter. Him to call said, me out on Twitter. We called man. me and said, "I'm dumb for saying that." I said, "Well, you you did get owned by yeah. Leonard Fournette. There, what do you want me to tell you?" And about then that? then T.J. Yeldon got a piece of you. I I just think in these type of situations, it's already so much. Like it's it's hard to like push people over the edge. Right? You already said what you said in, in the media, and that's fine. Like that that was whatever. But to stand outside someone's locker room and yell, "You're gonna know my name!" Like, come on, bro. Then stop it. Right? Like. Be happy you're on a team that wins consistently. You were yeah. in Oakland. You were in Carolina at one point. They both let you move on, and you got with Pittsburgh. Be happy. I There's a lot of well, – on the banks of the Three Rivers, my spies tell me that there are a lot of people calling for Mike Mitchell's head. That, there's I'll, a lot I'll, of – yeah. I mean, you can – There's you, blame you can, to go around. There, but, I think you can blame everybody, but when you put yourself out there like that – and I get it as a player. I used, You know, you want to be on the forefront because – you're aggressive. Things happen when you're on the forefront. Good and bad things. But but the good things turn into great things. The bad things turn into worse things. So you you want to you, you're going to play that game. Like, well, if we win, I'm doing all this. People are going to talk about me in the media. Like, yeah, I went out there before the game and I was saying this and that. I get it. I just think that in this time over, like he was the one that said that thing. Like, well, if we play New England here and there, it doesn't matter. We're going to win. Like doing stuff like that that's overlooking an NFL team that that's beaten you beforehand, and and I've always questioned like what made people think that they were going to beat them again. There was I, nothing to me like nothing Pittsburgh did all year because they didn't play a defense like that all year. What did we talk about last week? I one thing I will not wear is the idea that Dave. I don't know what anybody else. No, thought. no it's not you. Dave definitely said over and over this Jags team. The reason uh, that Roethlisberger was crummy in the first game was not that Roethlisberger disrespected the Jags. It's that the Jags have a dominant defense, and Roethlisberger is a gambler. He yeah. likes to press the ball. He doesn't like checkdowns. He likes to he likes to sling it. Right. And he slung it, and uh, he got got that day. And that defense is dominant, and it wasn't the, going but, anywhere. And you could see that this was going to be a dangerous the thing spot. That people didn't talk about before the game, and, and I said it on Sunday. The Jaguars are a better offense versus a 3-4 defense. If you look at all their big points, the Houston Texans, the Colts, these are 3-4 defenses. This is because their offensive line, they're big maulers. So they can't move with the quicker Buffalo Bills type defense or um, the defenses that are, you know, or that shoot gaps. They can't, they don't, if you're going to stand there and let them push you around, yeah, they'll do that. They'll do that all day. They don't care. And, and so in that situation, it just was a better fit. It's the best fit for the Jacksonville Jaguars offense to go against a 3-4 defense. Well, what does Pittsburgh run? A 3-4 defense. Mm-hmm. And you saw the running plays were like, it was crazy. He was running through gaping holes, and and and, and that's what fits them. Um, but I just think, like, again, when we were sitting there, like, the, the first of all, the atmosphere was phenomenal. It was great. 
for a while, but I will say, so Martavis Bryant, so it's 28-7, things look dire, and you felt like you can't go into the locker room down three touchdowns, but then seven throws a great ball. Martavis Bryant. This is my thing. If that's what you guys are going to, and I, and I said this before, before you guys. All right. If that, you're going to live like that, hoping that you can throw bombs at the end of the, at the, end of the halves, then we'll give you. That's fine. Take it. Because at the end of the day, you're throwing Hail Marys up to hoping that they catch one. If you catch it, oh, okay, I mean, it, it happens. I know. Well, that, you know, from, uh, again, the Steelers fans lament, or at least what uh, is confusing right now is how much of this, this when you see an offense that when pressed and throughout the season, you saw big rallies, you saw it even against New England in the big right. spot with uh, Jesse James, uh, the overturn and all that. But what led to, to that opportunity was another big play in a, in a critical spot. They've been doing it all year long, and yet it feels – I'm with you because this – with the pieces that they have, including a high-end offensive line, and side note, Steelers fans should be much more concerned about losing Mike Munchak than anything else on that coaching staff. Is, where's he going? Well, he's getting a second interview with Arizona. That's why I thought the there's, rumors. This yeah, there's rumors. In the I mean, that, that's a, that would be a major yeah. loss if they lose him. However – when you're watching that game, how much is it do you just attribute to that they have some all-world talent on that team that overcomes bad coaching? And because to your point, yes, they're just, you know, they're they're, they're taking low percentage shots. They're taking they're playing big risk yeah. offense and doing that whereas it feel where it seems to me like even against the Jets, they should be able to just overwhelm anybody they play. That with the pieces that they have on offense, they it should not be, you know, oh, they're having a hard time getting going here today. It should always be when they want to score. You look at the Patriots. They they hang 35 on the Titans. The Steelers should just be able to go and, right. based on what they have offensively, should just be able to annihilate you. Well, I, I think the, the biggest thing is. And they don't. When you take those long shots downfield, if you go against pass rushers like you saw, they're going to get to the quarterback eventually. And that's what happens. And so when you're willing to take hold on to the ball that long to take the ball, take shots down the field, um, you're allowing the pass rush to get closer to you. And that's been Big Ben's whole career. Remember, he's a guy I remember watching uh, when I was playing, like him shrugging guys off him, running downfield, chucking the ball deep, which we saw him do to Antonio Brown for a touchdown. Um, if that's again, like I'm saying, if that's what you're gonna, you got to live and die with that. Uh, well, they come out of the, the second issue. half. It gets them the luxury at 28-14, the big play to end the half. I I figured in the second half it was going to be all about 26. That's what I was saying. It should have been time. like that from the very beginning. Right, but I said, you know what, They're going to have seven's going to have to have the discipline, even after now throwing those two long right. balls for touchdowns. He's going to have to have the discipline to continue to just check down and find 26 and let 26 make hay. And they tried that, and, and then you're reminded – Boy, those linebackers are fast they can uh, run, in Jacksonville, huh? and so you can't really do that. And he really did wind up in a spot at 28-21. I mean, you, I, I mean, you can say whatever you want. I, you, you have to concede when that you you're go, just that's that is that uh, bad trainer uh, for a boxer or whatever. But if George Foreman's got that haymaker that he can slug you with once, that's how it started to feel like. All right, this is not good the way the Steelers are playing. But they still might end up stealing this game because of seven and Antonio. So I Brown. was, I was, we were watching the game. It was me and my two boys, and, and then uh, my agent was there, who's Le'Veon Bill's agent, Telvin Smith, and Yannick Ngakwe. So uh, the one thing he says is, if you look at their body language, look at Pittsburgh's body language when they're down twenty-one zero. No one was yelling, pouting. They were just like, "All right, we've been here before. Like we can make it happen." And that was that. That was scary. 
But the key was the Jags had a two-touchdown lead going into half. And regardless of what happened, they were going to run the ball. All right, that's fine. But wait, before we go on, Emma VP, are you saying that you want me to hurry this along here? Are you bored with our discussion? No, I'm not bored with it. I'm a big Steeler fan, but we just had a lot of other stuff to All get right, to. All right, but are you bored? I, I'm, I'm not bored. More important is 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 it? Uh, are, are we doing too deep a dive on this game for the people? Perhaps. Okay, look. At the end of the day, they it wasn't good enough. All right, on to the next one. Pittsburgh wasn't good enough. I want to talk about one more thing. Go ahead with this game because that is what everybody in Pittsburgh is talking about. Todd Haley and or Ben Roethlisberger, first of all, do you think on both those uh, fourth and short situations on the Jag side of the field, the Steelers go for it? Who ultimately is making that play call? Is Seven checking out of stuff that no, Haley has I called? I didn't see or is that Haley? Check, I, that's, that's normally the play call. You run the play call. So he didn't check out of either one of those things. I don't, as I don't, far I don't as you remember. Know? I don't remember exactly what the play call was. Like what, what, what happened? To be honest, those, those were mere. They were just kind of put all together at that point. Well, they run a toss the first one. To that was that was a get, play call. That was a that was play call. That and was then called. the second time they run a 28-21, and it's perhaps the decisive right. play of the second half is they run play action and throw it to Juju. And by the way, Bouye blatantly holds Juju. Up. They hold every time. All right, everybody holds. All right, but this was egregious and should have been flagged. But all right, were they tangled up the whole time? I mean, no, he just no. Juju had a step on him coming over the middle, and Bouye just dragged him, just blatantly just dragged him oh, before the ball got saw? there. I just saw a great defensive play. <laughs> At the end of the day, they he the reason the first play they thought they can get on the edge of him and, and kind of get Le'Veon running on uh, a corner, which is what you want. Um, and it didn't happen. The defense flowed in. They were able to get a tackle for a loss. And then the second one. You run a play action fake because you just ran the toss play on the first one, thinking that you're going to get him to bite up, and then you'll be able to dump the ball over the middle. Um, and even if he grabbed or not, at the end, of the day, they don't normally call penalties on fourth and one unless you're playing in New England. So, just all right. Things. Let's leave it here. One is Mike Tomlin a great coach, a good coach, mediocre coach who succeeds with with high end talent. He's a great coach. Great coach. I mean, what was his his, his worst record? Is eight and eight. I I'm. Who like that? That, that it killed. I'm not accusing. People. I'm asking no, no, I'm, you no, questions I, I was based in the, on what that's people what I'm saying. are saying. I was in. I was in the stadium when they were like, "Tomlin has to go." Well, who's who are you going to hire then? That's exactly who, who's the next guy. Yeah, right. Exactly. Who who is who's it exactly you that the, you think you're going to get the the make uh, the, that's going to yeah. do better? Now I will field questions about even Todd Haley, but it, it is like I say, it's hard to say because the offense is productive and they do make big plays in big moments. Right. It just feels like. You, it doesn't have to be this hard. They shouldn't have to be it's, clever. It's, it's they should the just playoffs. be able to steamroll you. It's the playoffs, and you're playing the top defense in the league. It was the same way know, in the Vikings. In the Vikings, forty-two is such a weird. It, it was forty-five, score. thirty-five. Check, and then they threw a touchdown with no time left oh, on the clock. Stop so that. stop all that. It was forty-five. And by the way, the onside kick was an atrocious. Decision. Well, he had to do that. He did not have to. do Check. He had to because okay, so let's say you guys went three and out as it was. Why wouldn't? What why did, couldn't did, that happen on that side of the Jacksonville field? Jacksonville had went. What did they do? They had went uh, down the field a bunch of times. Six minute drive, seven minute. So if you kick it down the field and you can't stop them, the game's over. So you have to go. You have to. But then they did message. stop them. Yeah, but we don't know if they would have stopped him if he was backed up. How different would that have been? The play calls would have been the same. Three. They, I don't, you don't know. You don't know if they would have been the same. Maybe. Maybe they would have rolled the dice and done some play action yeah. in that spot, but I doubt it. And I don't think that they – You don't know that. 
well, they were aggressive. They were surprisingly aggressive in some spots where those uh, where those jags. But uh, now we'll never know. I do think it was a mistake to onside kick it there to to reduce it to. If I have so caught, little faith in our defense that, in in this spot. Forty two points. Where, where where do you feel like? Okay, there's forty two points on board. Our defense is fine. I agree. I didn't think it was fine. I, I mean, like, but but what you're what what Tomlin is saying, he's boiling it down to is I'm going to try to get my absolute ball back. fluke of that the ball's going to bounce off the guy and we're going to recover it. God, I mean, it's happened before. I guess it did happen in the title game up in Seattle. Let's talk about some of the uh, NFC action with uh, a guy who is no stranger to it. In fact, was in that 2014 NFC title game up in Seattle against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, one of our very favorites in all-time DDFP history. Here he comes, everybody, into Studio 66, and then on the other side, more NFC glory to talk about with our pal the Wolf and her Eagles. But here he is, everybody, number 56, Cliff Averill. That's Dave Damashek. All right, here we go. He has made the digital wall of fame for past deeds, for flapping his gums here in Studio 66. Back once again, one of our very favorites to ever shadow our door here. It's Cliff Averill. What's happening, fella? Hi, I- Yay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Thanks to the studio. Um, no, nah, everything's going well, man. I can't complain. Just recovering from surgery. Yeah. And um, just, just taking it day by day. All right. I want to talk about you, your future. Mm-hmm. No, no, no one less than the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks <laughs> is weighing in on your pro football playing future. I didn't appreciate that either, Coach Carroll. Is that true? <laughs> what? How does that hit you? Did you know that was coming? No. I had no clue. Everybody started blowing me up like, oh, is it done? Are you over with? I'm like, what are y'all talking about? Oh, Coach Carroll came out with a statement. I read the statement. I'm like, come on, Coach Carroll. I thought we don't discuss injuries. <laughs> did you call him immediately and say, what gives, man? I did not, but I need to. I need to shoot him a text message like, come on, Coach. Like what, what? What are we doing here? When you get serious with him, do you call him Peter? I bet that would. I bet that would resonate more with him. Peter, what is this about? Nah, I call him Pete though. Definitely Pete. Hey Pete, what's up, man? Like, what are we doing? What are, like, what's going on? <laughs> All right, listen. It's nice to laugh. It feels good for me to laugh. <laughs> me and you both. I'm still emotionally overwrought. I'm feeling down in the dumps. My Pittsburgh Steelers took a tough loss on Sunday. Um, you know, Saints fans obviously licking their wounds today as well. Yes, you yes. have been. I don't want to. I don't want to pick at the scab, but I feel like it's now. You're probably as healed as you're going to get <laughs> from Super Bowl Forty Nine, aka yeah. arguably the most painful Super Bowl loss ever. Let's have a little support group. How do you get by this? How do you get by this in the short term? If you're a fan or you're a player, legitimately, what do you say to guys? Because you know, in Forty Nine, and we've talked about it on this show before. Yep. Cliff Averill doesn't go out of that game in the four, in the uh, second half. I suspect the Seattle Seahawks are your Super Bowl champ a few years back to ago. Back too. Right. <laughs> and you never get another bite at that app. But I'm not uh, trying to rub salt in the wound. I'm yeah. trying to have a support group. <laughs> so how do you move forward and let go of what's in the immediate rearview mirror? You have no choice. I mean, it's been, what, two years now, three years now? Has mm-hmm. it been? Yeah, three years now. So you kind of have to move on. Um, it, it, it's tough. Um, I think, you know, from from emotionally, you know, it's kind of draining through that following year of thinking like, man, we could have we could have been mm-hmm. back-to-back champs. But instead, you know, we're stuck here trying to make it to the playoffs again and all these different things. So I think, I think for us it was just all about, you know, just trying to put it behind you. The core guys understanding that, hey, it's over and done with. Now let's try to win another one. And we haven't gotten there yet, <laughs> so it's a, it's a continue. It's a it's a it's a battle. It's a we got to continue, keep battling, continue, keep getting better. 
I don't think it's over with uh, as far as for the Seahawks and, and, and the defense and what we've been able to do for the last five years. I get it. <laughs> but let's let's try you you know you remember the rule no jive that's yeah, the yeah, rule no here jive, in 66 no <laughs> at the very least the Seahawks philosophically have had to they've been forced into a situation where the team structure has had to evolve. I mean, mm-hmm. it was inevitable sure. with large contracts and everything else, but obviously they've also shifted more into an offensive mindset. You see Russell running around, making more plays with the arm. And, I, I, you know, I know injuries had a lot to do with that. But where – so you believe it's not done for the Seahawks. What needs to happen in 2018 then to get back to the top of the mountain? Well, I do think there's going to be some changes. That's for sure. I think there's going to be some – I mean, obviously with the coaching changes and yeah. things like that. But I think there's going to be some changes on defense as well I feel like they could possibly go a little bit younger um, and bring in more young players along but I think they have to keep a core group of leaders though like you can't just wipe out and you know take all these great players away and and not have anybody to lead these young guys the guys that have actually been to the the promised land as as they would say but I think I think they're definitely going to start over. Well, I don't want to say start over completely, but it's going to be some new faces on that defense and, and on offense. But the scheme, the culture, I think all that will will bring those guys to where they want to go in and, the future. And it, and uh, as far as keeping it real goes, all of a sudden. I mean, the Seahawks had a stranglehold on the NFC West in the same fashion that you might say the Patriots had on, in, in the AFC East yep. for a while. But now all of a sudden, Got some competition. all right, the Cardinals have regressed a little bit. In the yeah. meantime, here are the Rams, and now here come the Niners too, right? Man, it's it's crazy. I, we were Myself, Mike B, we talk about this. We're like, all in one year, the Rams were able to turn this thing around yeah, and, right. and have a legit team, like, and they have a chance to be good for some time because they have a lot of young players. Um, but then you got the 40. Niners also who have a lot of young players that are, are playing pretty good and then they got this quarterback comes out of nowhere for them and, and wins what five six seven straight games or something crazy like that so the competition is real in the NFC West and and the Seahawks are going to have to bring it if they want to be at the top of that yeah it really kind of feels that way now a team that in 2017 now in 2018 that I've kind of compared your defense, too, is these Jacksonville, Jacksonville Jaguars yeah. because they're not just – the, the, the thing I, I've said over and over and over again this season is they're not merely great on defense. Mm-hmm. They are, in the same way the Seahawks were a few years ago, just generationally dominant. Yeah. Could, just, could just take the oxygen <laughs> away from the offense. Take, from take the over offense, the game. Take right? Over the game. Yep. But the difference is that whereas I feel like a lot of your uh, your mates on uh, on the Seahawks had a chip on their shoulder because they weren't drafted or they were low round picks, yeah. these guys seem to have a swagger that's like, <laughs> wait, everybody doesn't know we're the best. I mean, look, <laughs> we're all a bunch of first round studs. I look at us. Why why aren't we the best team? Right? Yeah. No. I mean, but confidence plays a big part in how well you're going to be too. I mean, those guys are confident. You know, from Jalen Ramsey to Calais to you know. Uh, the, the, what's uh, what's my man's name? Uh, Malik Jackson. All these guys. All these guys are confident, and but they're also having fun. I was watching. I want to say last week's game, and I'm like, man, they remind me of of who we used to be. You know, they're out there having fun. They're bullying people. They're they're getting after the quarterback. Their DBs are are playing lights out. I mean, all overall as a as a defense from D line linebacker to to their DBs, all those guys are are pretty good players, and they all feed off of each other. You see them, you know, they get a sack. The DBs are running and giving a high five. They understand uh, that they need everybody to make this successful, and, and, and they're having a great time doing it. 
I think, though, that, yes, as dominant that, you know, it is still in the 21st century and we still are going to have out of the NFC, it's either going to be Foles or Keenum. <laughs> and you might see Blake Bortles uh, if he can knock off uh, the GOAT in uh, on the AFC side. What happened to our quarterback league? And I still think <laughs> even here in January of 2018, it's very hard, no matter how good you are in defense. You can't just hide the QB. Nope. The, you can't go into the game and just say, like, Let's just never let – it's not Big 8 1985. But you have to make a play. They've been able to do that, though. Jacksonville's been able to do that in a sense. I mean, they run – I think they run the ball the most out of every any other team. So, that's the way of hiding the quarterback. But can Blake, but can Blake make enough plays in Foxborough that's, to get by that team? I mean, that's what he's been doing all season, honestly. Uh, you know, you, the defense gives them enough chances. You know, they get turnovers and all these – give them extra possessions. And all you got to do is manage the game, bro. Manage the game, give the ball to the running back, give it to Fournette, let him do what he does, and, and, and you know, hopefully get the time possession as well uh, on the ball. And I think they have a chance. I really do. You know what? I'm remiss legitimately. This is one of uh, the most thoughtful guys in uh, pro football. The The NFL's lousy with him, but uh, Cliff Averill's Thank one you. of the best guys building houses and the, the great work he does. Thank a, you. Uh, a, and – I know we, we didn't even have time to get into the whole Haiti thing. I don't. Yeah. What, what do people care what I think? <laughs> anyway, but uh, Cliff Averill, man to listen to about football and beyond. Thanks for your great work there. And Thank you. Uh, we didn't even get to talk about uh, Big Ten football and, all <laughs> and the and the terrible city, the terrible football town of West Lafayette. But you still at least have the Boilermakers, I, the I, best mascot. I love I love the Boilermakers. Although we 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 we're not as good as we'd like to be. No. I love my Boilermakers. <laughs> did get the bucket from my Hoosiers. We did. We did. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. The bucket's back in West Lafayette, and hopefully we can keep it there. All right. Let's not trash talk her. That's 56. I have the power to take it down. Let's, no, no, no. Don't take it down. There he is, everybody. The great Cliff Averill. We look forward to seeing you playing out on the field no matter what Peter Carroll has to say about it. Peter Carroll. In 2018. Cliff Averill, everybody. Thanks for having me. Ah, there he is, Cliff Avery. We love him, even though he's a boilermaker. Maurice, um, do you know about Just for Men? You have your, your hair is not graying in in the no, least. Not at all. You look good. Thank I've you. got some graying beard. Do you think it's time that I address that? Yeah. I don't know. But do so, they make like? Because you have a reddish tint to your beard. I do. Yeah, it's like an orange red tint in the light. A reddish tint. I never have heard that before. Well, support for today's show comes from an innovative shampoo. We're introducing Control GX, the first gray reducing shampoo from Just for Men, Maurice. Just for Men helps men look their best. You already know that. We celebrate who they are. Maybe they could do – I wonder if Just for Men could do something and uh, wash that uh, Jaguar's helmet so it only has one color to it because that what they look like is, uh, is grotesque. Pittsburgh may want to switch that Jaguar's helmet because they can't beat it. Well, you know what? what? This season I can't argue with you, but I will say this. The Jags, a relentless defense – just for men, relentlessly innovative and in delivering smart hair care technology that works for you, making it radically easy to get the natural look you want. And guess what, Maurice? 25% off Ooh. Control GX using the code DAVE, D-A-V-E is how oh. you spell it, at ControlGX.com. That's code DAVE to get 25% off Control GX at controlgx.com. Head over there right now, why don't you, Maurice? Get ahead of it before I'm gonna get it before it's all before Well, before what hap- what's happened to me happens no, to you. I want nah. you to be a- ahead of the curve there. I, you, know? you know what? I ain't never stressed. 
That's where gray comes from, stress. All right, let's talk about this. Gray. All right, let's do this. Out on Sunday. You celebrated your victory, Marie. It's not over. I'm going to celebrate all, all week. All right, we'll talk about whether or not that's going to come to pass or not. But first, let's have another little celebration here because yeah, no. another another member of our Tuesday DDFP is here to celebrate all the way from the city of brotherly love, NFC title game participant. It is the Wolf! A Philly girl from the very stuff. You know Rocky Balboa in the museum. That's the enough. Why are there champagnes in here? Hey, Too many champagnes. How do we get it started? There we go. I don't like this. This <laughs> I don't this I don't care for. <laughs> Empty handed. I get no champagne. That's right. Well you your Steelers lost. I this heard is the, about this that. is the winner's side of things Make over sure here. You open that right, because I don't want to pop it in. Look at the wolf. She's in uh, full Philly girl regalia today. Right. She's, she's dressed like uh, Pinky Tuscadero today. Look at her. Oh, it's Fonzie's just a twist off. Okay, good. I wasn't making sure. Hey, cheers. Hey, cheers. <laughs> to the winners. They're drinking the champagne <laughs> in Studio 66 while I sit here with my belly full of pain and sorrow. I'm sorry. MJD and I were texting. I told him I was going to bring champagne in. Is that true? She did. Yep. Disrespect. It's a celebration in here. I guess so. The Wolf, let's talk about it. How are you? You're over the moon, eh? I am great. Yes. Yes. It was yeah. You're barking like a dog. The Wolf. Forget the Wolf. It's the dog That's now. That's right. Underdog. Getting a dog mask? Uh-huh. I have to. Are they underdogs again? I am I feel like they probably will be. Hmm. I don't I, know. That's a, that's a good question. I don't know about that, but uh, the Wolf, I think tell they, us you know about what? Honestly, where you, you didn't get to the stadium, did you? you, you no, I had to fly back, but I'm going this week. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Uh, I'm going to be outside with Steve Smith doing uh, some hits for game day morning, the West Coast show, after we're done the East Coast show, and then I'm going to go ahead inside for the game. I, I can't wait. Good for you. Um, I, I will say again what I've already said before. I just wish it were I, – I, I know it'll be exciting, but I wish it were in Minnesota. The stakes are even higher. If, you, if you're playing in the stadium yeah. that's about to host the Super Bowl, I mean, uh, that, that just would add to the electricity. You but know what right. I hate? The well, fact that even if the Vikings do get to the Super Bowl, they're not going to be able to use the horn. Why? Because the NFC, the NFC team is the road team too. Here's the real question: Do you? I'm gonna use it anyways. Fine. I don't you think it's ridiculous? I think I'm it's gonna, ridiculous. Find me. Find me. If you're boop, boop. Boop. well, Maurice, you're you, you and your Jags pals are all mixers. That's what you like mixing it up. Oh yeah, we don't care. Like, so what, are cool. you yeah. gonna? What if you you win and the Vikings win? Do well, you the, think that's the, not gonna happen. The Vikings do you think the win. Jags claim the locker room? <laughs> The no Vikings question. locker room, because yes. they're the home team. Yes. They say go to the visitors locker room, uh, Jag- I mean, uh, Vikings, even though all your stuff's here. That yeah. is imagine, a great point, Imagine, though. Imagine the photographs you could send around from, like, hey, look at, look at this, uh, Case Keenum. I'm in your locker. <laughs> oh, that would be – and you know that they would. That's one of my favorite things about this Jags team. This is phenomenal. Coach. Right? I mean, it tastes better after a victory. I think it's, it's It could be a little colder. Champagne okay. drinkers I chilled it overnight, it's and it. I didn't want to forget it, so I put my car keys in the refrigerator with it. Oh, <laughs> she was so – you know, it's, it's, it's one thing. Shame on both of you. You know what? And, Colleen, I have to say this. What? Shame on both what? of you. Tell me. I put like – Act like you know, you've been there I, I really felt like the Eagles – this was a game the Eagles uh, – weren't going to win. But right. but there was a stat that came out and it scared me and I was like why did I pick him? 
Matt Ryan is one and four. Awful in, in Philadelphia. Philly. He's awful in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And the Eagles are amazing in Philadelphia. Like their home Unless field. They play the Cowboys. Well, I mean, look, that Warriors. game at the end of the year the was Warriors. awful. But they've been really, really good yeah. at home this year. And that was one of the things going into the game that I was looking at, too. But I was really worried about that Falcons defense because they've been playing so fast. And they were doing well. I mean, really, the game changed when he the ball kicked off the guy's shin. Yeah, that's right, Keanu that Neal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Neal let the ball go. Can you the imagine that the game legitimately swung on that one bizarro play? Because it gave him a field goal. At, I, w- I was I scoffed off the top of the Collins, uh, off the top of the game. Collinsworth kind of was like, "Oh, immaculate reception too," and I said, "All right, settle down." It's just the end of the first half, but then it did lead the points, and it did obviously impact Trains the end the of the game. game. Well, yeah, and then their only touchdown happened because Nick Foles threw himself on the fumble right yeah. there at the one. If that didn't happen, that could have been a turnover there, and then who knows what would have happened. So they got their only touchdown off of that play, and then they got a field goal off of the deflection from Keanu Neal's knee. Well, we're very happy for you, the Wolf, and I hope it'll be a festive time. You sound very but happy. But is that better than the Viking Saints? Sheck. That game. You may not know this, Sheck, because you may not watch us on TV. But on power rankings, oh. this is one of the reasons me and Colleen were texting, <laughs> because Case Keenum proved me right. All year. Proved you right. All year. Well, proved me right. MJD has been saying that Case Keenum is a better quarterback than Drew Brees. This year. This year. Just this year. Yep. And in the first half, it was true. Yeah. I mean, he looked phenomenal and Drew Brees. And in the second half, Drew Brees, Drew Brees looked better. Lit yeah. it up in the second but half. But I said, Case Keenum is going to take the Vikings on a last second drive and win the game. I can't believe you said that. And I guaranteed it. I put the stamp on it. Really? Did you call that one? Good I, for you, Maurice. You've been a seer all season long. You're that's, like Calais that, Campbell. Sure. Didn't he uh, predict Yeah, the, but his, his prediction was a little different. Like, I'm a little salty that the, the guy <laughs> kind of threw shade at me like that. I'm about to talk to their social media team. Oh, I think no. It's be 45-42. Yeah, he that's said, Calais. He, no, yeah. he said, he's like, he goes, we can either we can win two to nothing uh-huh. or 45 to 42. I don't care. Yeah. And then they won 45, 42, which is pretty awesome. There was a guy in Philly on Twitter who predicted the score of the Eagles Falcons game and exactly how it was going to happen before it happened. Hmm. Oh, he's been there before. Locastic. Shout All right. Out. Been, the wolf going, no. watching that saints. What was your heart telling you watching the saints and Vikings? What outcome were you rooting for in the last right. uh, four in, in the I'm gonna final be, quarter? Though. I'm going to be completely transparent here. Mm-hmm. I'm flying back because I couldn't get my normal flight. I'm on a plane during the game, and we don't have TV on the plane. That's ridiculous. And I had already drained my computer battery down to nothing. It already died because I had TweetDeck up, and that's how I was just, like, living through the games. And so I'm, like, texting John. My dad's texting me updates. Everyone's texting me updates, and I'm texting you, MJD. And my phone starts dying, too, because I'm switching between Twitter, trying to refresh, and I'm, I'm switching between all my text messages and trying to see what the heck's happening. And I seriously could not keep up because of all of the lead changes. What, it was like four lead changes in yeah. three minutes? And so as soon as I got home, I had to watch the, I watched the whole game. Like, I, I sat down, even though I knew what was going to happen, and it was still it was worth crazy it. All right, watching you, it over again. Uh, uh, of course, Saints or Vikings, though, who do you think is the better matchup coming into Philly? Now you have what you have. Well, I'm I, that Vikings defense scares the living crap out of me. I, I'm, I'm so worried that they're going to eat Nick Foles alive. But I think that the Eagles' 
offensive line played really well in the game against the Falcons. And I think that the way that they had the, the game plan and the play calling was really great when they sort of adjusted things in the second half for Nick Foles. They didn't, I think he kind of calmed down a little bit. Nick Foles, they didn't put too much pressure on him. It was a lot of like RPOs, yeah, screen passes, RPOs. And, and, and they kind of helped him out. And I think that helps his confidence. And hopefully they can just, because Minnesota's secondary too is amazing. Can I ask you a question? So let's just say, let's just, this is not, I'm, if Minnesota plays in Minnesota, do the players stay at their house or do they stay in a hotel for that week? Like I don't know. That's right? I'm like, fascinated oh, by it's that. A, it's a week that they have to be, you know, because normally the team yeah. flies in. Hi, everybody's hi. And you stay in a hotel the whole time. Who do you want, Maurice? You think the Jags are going to beat the Patriots, so who yeah, do you I, want waiting for you? It, 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 to me, it really doesn't matter. I, I would like it to be. Or to be, It doesn't matter really because both teams have good defenses and, and, and then backup quarterbacks. So that it's what right. it'd be a defensive game, and then we'll kind of take the notion away that we were supposed to talk about—that you need this all-star quarterback to win a Super Bowl. I think that's—I think that's over and done with now, with the way the quarterbacks are coming in. Well, let's jump in on that. What do you think? All right, let's go there. I think that now you look at this Final Four. Now Carson Wentz, of course, got the Eagles to yeah, where they are. I, I don't did. think Nick Foles gets the Eagles to this same station, number one seed, and all that. But nevertheless, just won against the reigning uh, NFC uh, right. champs. Did take care of business there. One a 60-minute game away from getting to a Super Bowl. On the other side, you have Case Keenum, who was more or less a uh, a, a low-grade punchline for a lot of people. And now you have Blake Bortles, who was a headline punchline for a lot of people. <laughs> so and then you have the GOAT. Right. So does this mean that if you're the Cleveland Browns, let's say, with the first and fourth pick, do you maybe think about, hey, we could go with uh, – we, we could get some defensive studs, and with Miles Garrett, we can just dominate you. We don't need to go and get one of those I, I think if you're, if you're Cleveland, you want to build a team – because you've had so, so – no success. You've had zero success with quarterbacks, right? I mean, the the jersey that has all the quarterbacks' names on it, best thing I've seen in a <laughs> It's awful. But it's now it's like, okay, we don't – you can go and get a quarterback and, and try that method again, or you can – you have two top five picks. You can actually build, like put this team and then drop a quarterback in there. Right. And I think that's what you want to do, and that's what the Jaguars have done. That's what uh, the Vikings have done. I mean, literally, they've built their whole team – and then they're like, all right, now we're going to drop a quarterback in there. That was Sam Bradford. He goes down, guess what? Case Keenum comes in, and you can keep that thing going. Right. And it's because the pieces – they're one of the most the more, most talented teams in the league is the Vikings. You have two wide receivers who are both can have the ability to be number one wide receivers. You have a, a really good tight end, three running backs – Right and, and nobody Cook. nobody talks about them like they've talked about the Saints running backs all year. No, nobody oh. talks about well, they, they like their up, receivers. They didn't put up the numbers like the Saints running backs. Sure, that, that's the one thing. But they were winning. The receivers for some reason don't don't get respect. I don't know why Adam Thielen doesn't get respect. Like I, when the Rams played them in November, I told everyone in the Rams brought like, okay, who are they going to try to stop? You right. have to. You only can try to stop one. Who are you going to try to stop? Oh, we're, we'll let Thielen go. All right, okay, that's fine if that's what you want. And then guess what? He just Tears you yeah, up. you don't want to do that. Yeah, you, so who are you going to cover? So they have a great mix. And my, remember, Thielen's an undrafted guy, and Diggs is a fifth round pick, mm-hmm. right? So they're finding they're finding talent. And you're doing it with Case Keenum. And you're doing it with Case Keenum at the bottom. Wait of the a second, MVP just said in my ear, we only have ten minutes left. That's that's uh, grim news. I don't care for that news. Well, in, I, in Dave time, it's probably like fifteen. I would like to say <laughs> about the Diggs play. I mean, that the, one of the a play that will live on for decades, forever. Now. Yeah, uh, it, that, it, it's just so crazy to watch it. It's up there with the immaculate reception, the Music City Miracle. I'm trying to think of 
uh, of uh, the seminal last play or right. close to last play of of uh, big time postseason games. The thing that struck me in the moment was as I'm sitting there watching, and it did take me legitimately a full half uh, half of football to get past what happened in Hines and start paying attention to to this game, and I reluctantly did so. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I watched this last thing, and I was feeling bad for Vikings fans. I had my, I, I had a couple of pals who were Vikings fans in the stadium, and so I was vaguely rooting for them to to pull it out. And I thought, ah, Breeze did it again. All right, well, Drew Breeze versus Brady, that'll make for a good Super Bowl. That that was my legitimate thought. That's shake your head on, drink your champagne. What do you care what I think? I'm on <laughs> the right. loser side. Go ahead. You're, that's, that was. I'm telling you, I'm no wrong. jiving you. I'm telling you what I was feeling in the moment. Things losers say. <laughs> It's a new book. It's a new book. I like it. Out. All right. I said for the record, I still have six Lombardi trophies. I mean, that, that's, that's, what, that's what that's what Emma said, and I and I told her if you stay in the past, you can never move forward. All right. Now listen. We live in the present. When Minnesota, when when Case Keenum throws that ball, and you think, well, this isn't going to work out, and then you see Diggs jump up and grab it. My initial thought was. As he turns to, as he turns, you're like, around, get out of bounds. Step out of bounds. Oh. What are you doing? What are you doing? Know the situation, and then, oh. what? What? Oh. There's nobody there. There's nobody there. I think that most receivers would be conditioned in that situation that to, to if if you catch this ball, step out of bounds immediately. And that he sort of that in in that split second that he had he almost the, tripped too. Well, he got he he. He felt because he's waiting yeah, to get hit. He right. heals the guy behind him, so he's but, waiting for contact that he never gets. Yeah. So, so he loses his balance. But as he spins around, that he sort of felt like, oh, I just I, I got to take it to the house. Here. There's yeah. no one there. I mean, as soon as he puts his hand down, he looks up, and there's no one there. So he takes off running. Where are the clocks when he? No, you, there's lands? no way. There's no way he can see the clock. I'm saying, I, I, would he, I if honestly, he had stepped out of bounds, would it have been? I think if he actually would have stepped out of bounds, it might have been double zeros, and yeah. he would have, and the, the game, game would have ended. Over, yeah. Oh my god. That. that and what if he had stepped out of bounds in that situation and the clock says double zeros and you see on the replay, oh, there was no one in front of him. Oh, <laughs> he could have just wow. Run out. Marcus Williams. And, and that's and that's I mean, I feel bad for Marcus Williams. I, everybody oh, in the I feel world does. sick for one, him. The, the thing is, and it's it, a lot of it. And I, I there's a lot of stuff on Twitter about it because the rules and you can't hit guys and those type of. Th- and I understand that the issue is, though, when you're you have to understand the situation, you can't be aggressive in that situation. The way he broke on the ball, mm-hmm. he broke in an aggressive man, like, I'm going to go break this pass up. Instead of breaking like, all right, let me just get in position to catch him when he catches the ball and then just hold him up for a couple seconds and then tackle him and then we're good. Did he? But, you know, we've talked about this a lot and we just talked about it recently, in fact, Maurice, is that some guys, some defensive players, close their eyes. Young oh, guys all the time. close right. their eyes be- at the point of impact and, the you, and, and you can get exposed doing that. And, in fact, you've called out guys yeah. for doing that. Well, he you. did it. Well, this is the other thing. The and one thing How do you about- train yourself to, do, to keep your eyes open? You it just it's, it's it's some people have it. It's just you do it as kids. Like you always look through, and it's hard because stuff is flying. But right, you have to be able to do it so you know what you're hitting. Um, but with that, like a lot of young players do it because a lot of guys, they especially DBs, they don't hit people face to face like mm-hmm. linebackers. They always cut you or hit you when you're not looking. Um, but in that situation, the one thing I can say about the Patriots that a lot of teams don't do, and I don't know if Sean Payton, those guys go through this, and he said they practice it, but. Every situation is is different, right? So the defense he was in was a great defense to keep them in bounds with like 14 seconds left. But you never you never practice that play with like six seconds left and saying, all right, 
How? What are we going to do as they try to go out of bounds? I know. I think that's asking a lot of the DB to to know right. to hold them up at the sideline because it'll spin. The, like that's yeah. a lot of but, uh, on the kid. But that's on the coach. The yeah. coaches have to be able to relay that. To yeah. Them. Right. Like, listen, hold them up. Don't let them go out of bounds and grab. Like, don't go for the big hit. Yeah, if he this just is, went for a regular tackle there, yeah, he, though, he, he would have been fine. But exactly. he went low instead. And he got what a, early. What a time the Wolf's going to have. It's excellent that you get to go to a title game. Freaking Maurice, out. I'm freaking Maurice, out. Maurice, you're going to Foxborough, right? Yep. I mean, you guys are both going to be at title games this Sunday. What a thing. You're, I mean, though, the, these are uh, memories that last I know. a lifetime. Isaiah Eagles fans. What? Shaq's going to be at home. <laughs> Cheers to that. Cheers. I might make now. I might make a road trip, out of spite. I don't want to, but now I feel like I might do it. I might get in my car after the show and drive to Philly or Foxborough, and you don't you, know which one I'm showing up in. You, you don't fans, know until I'm there. Elliot Harrison and everyone else here besides in the same car together. They're all gonna be kicking. This it. This is how you act, Maurice. This is unbecoming. I'm sorry. But Let me, I mean, it's just, it's just only right when I You have to play the New England Patriots, and I want to say, before we begin, let's get to we're it. Still, we're still here. We have to have okay. a celebratory championship round edition, quick though it may be, of the Q&A. It's time for the Q&A. Here we go. What, what do you say? say? <laughs> it's going to be a, a great day. Time for the Q&A. Q&A. Hey. When I said it's going to be a great day, I didn't know what the future held. No. Now I, I know did. it's not a great day. It's a a great MJD day. actually is like clairvoyant, I think. I think. Yeah, you not- you have been on a hot streak starting <laughs> it's, off. It's Brandon Stark. It's the Brandon Stark in me. It, it you is. You said, I'll say, Marie said way back before the season kickoff game, the Chiefs are going to go up to Foxborough yep. and, and beat them. It, yep. The football gods like the Patriots, apparently. That's beyond dispute at this point because they delivered the Tennessee Titans to them Ooh. instead of the Chiefs who could have beaten them. And instead, yep. and, the, and, the, and the call in Heinz Field, if Jesse James uh, gets a touchdown, it would have been the Jaguars last weekend doing that to the Patriots. Steelers could have walked over the Titans. Let it out, Shaq. Let it out. All right. That's how I feel. <laughs> but I want to say something about here's a big prediction. We're seeing all this coach, all these coaching changes. Josh McDaniels going to the yeah. Colts, right? Yeah, it seems like that's, that's done deal. We hear Matt Patricia's going to Detroit. Uh-oh. Now, we heard Pat Yikes. Shermer is going to the Giants, but that hasn't really actually come to – but, but you know what's funny? We don't know that like that, that, that one's done. We know McDaniels yeah. is going there. Right. But Pat now, Shermer and, and Ben McAdoo run the exact same offense. Huh. The exact same. They do the yeah, exact same thing. Yeah, it doesn't seem thing. like a fit, and that leads me to this. That's right. You're right. Yeah. Exact same thing. That's and right. by the way, Matt Patricia, people have chased after him in the last few years to no avail. Josh McDaniels, you know, all right, the debacle in Denver notwithstanding, a lot of NFL teams have been calling up Josh McDaniels the last few years, and yet you don't hear them seriously entertaining those offers. This time around, oh, both those guys seem to be jumping at the chance to go from New England to a different situation. In the meantime, we've heard from Seth Wickersham. We talked to Willie McGinnis last week. Go back and listen to Willie. Willie with great stuff. We did a half an hour deep dive on Willie McGinnis who surely knows what's going on up there with this controversy, all that stuff. It all leads me to this prediction. Maybe 60 more minutes, maybe 120 more minutes. Uh But that's going to be it for Bill Belichick in uh, in New England. I think Belichick either retires 
Or if I had to guess right now, I think he's the next coach of the New York Football Giants. What? What do you think about that? I heard there were, were there smoke, there's fire. Some people have said that already. That he likes that Giants job and he wants to be a part of the Giants. Really? Well, I mean, he can basically reboot if part of the condition, which I assume Bill Belichick writes his own ticket, if he can say to the Giants, hey, uh, I want to, I want Josh Rosen or I want Sam oh. Darnold and I want to start anew here. And it seems like I feel like those guys are – I'm not saying being disloyal to Tom Brady or anyone else or to, this, this, or to this, Robert there's no, there's Kraft no or anything else. loyalty in this game. I just yeah. think that they're taking their best opportunities and, you know – It's a business they, decision. Yeah. And no, there's no such thing as loyalty Or maybe – what about Nick Saban moves to New England? Yeah. But I, you know what? I don't think the, the college football is perfect for Nick Saban. Yeah. I, I kind of agree. That, I'm just – I'm just. Alabama, if we're talking, let's talk. Right. Let's, the stuff let's, that he does at Alabama doesn't – it won't work in the league because you're paying me now. Hey, Pat what? Shermer, you know you know, you know know where it runs the same offense as Ben McAdoo? You know where that would be an interesting fit? The Tennessee Titans. Go down there, Pat Shermer. That's a nice little fit for you there. Great fit. You'll go down there. You still get your gig. Matt Patricia, you take over the uh, – the They Detroit say Josh line. McDaniels. I yeah. thought, well, no, who's taking the Titans gig then? We don't know yet. Yeah, it's it's still open. Wait, uh, maybe Jeff so Fisher can go there. back there. Uh, maybe. How? <laughs> why hasn't uh, the Jags' defensive coordinator Todd Wash? Todd Wash. How come yeah, he hasn't uh, gotten any? Oh any yeah, and attention? Steve Wilkes can also go to Tennessee. Yeah, he will. This is his or first New year England. with a really like the defense has always been decent, but this is the first year that he's been really good. So yeah. I think next year will be his year where he gets an opportunity to go and interview because of what. Okay. By the way, one last thing about uh, my prediction that uh, you just heard there. I've heard from Patriots fans when I have floated the notion of this. People say, you're desperate to see that happen as a Steelers fan. You want uh, Belichick to go. You want Brady to retire. No, I don't. That That's my sorrow. Them with them. Yeah. That's my yeah. sorrow. Now I feel like we just missed an opportunity. Well, this is the thing. To, to, to see that happen. Check, now, if, check you did. If Belichick bull- loses, if, <laughs> Bel- if Belichick leaves – then that's it. That's a wrap a, on that. They never they took already, them out. They, already they never a, took that no. team out. They already have a built-in excuse, though, Like, because I hear people all say it all the time. Well, Tom's 40. He's still playing. It, right. It's like right. I, I remember I remember we were playing, uh, uh, and there was a female that played on the other team against us, in, not in high school but in elementary and youth football, and she got hit just like the boys. And my, my grandpa was like, hey, if they're on the field – you got to treat him the same way, and I think that's what Tom. Tom, yes, he is. That should years old, be life in general, but right? he's on the field, <laughs> so he exactly he needs to be treated the same way. All right, let's do uh, as many as we can jam in here before Emma. We'll do it real quick. Okay. Plug on us. Andrew Gilbert on Twitter asks uh, uh, the DDFP gang, "What should new Colts head coach Josh McDaniels?" And is that because of the league standard? You're not allowed to announce. You, 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 the yeah, Colts you can't, can't announce Josh McDaniels. They can't introduce him or yeah, anything. Yeah, they're still alive. But that one is all but done. I don't Pretty think anyone's much. debating at this point that McDaniels is yeah. the coach of the Colts. So, all right, so what should new head coach, uh, new Colts head coach Josh McDaniels do about Andrew Luck and Jacoby Brissett? This feels like a no-brainer, assuming Andrew Luck is healthy, the Wolf. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, if, if Andrew Luck is healthy, then you have to go with Luck. You have to just see where he is. And maybe he's not the same quarterback that he was before. You don't know how everything's going to heal up. And if that's the case, then you have Jacoby Brissett there. I mean, the kid is really talented. Now, I, I'm, I'm going to go in a totally different way here, and, I, and just stick with me here. Okay. If I'm Josh McDaniels and I have Jacoby Brissett and Andrew Luck, I'm going to trade Andrew Luck. 
and get me as much as I can for him. But no one's going to take him. He's a $100 million man. We don't know what he is. How many people need quarterbacks? You don't think Arizona would take him? I think someone would take him. If you know he's healthy. Yeah, a lot of people would take him. I would trade him Get because you need to build the team. Broncos took the chance on Peyton Manning. Yeah. That worked out. So, game. are you yeah. starting Luck then? Are you going to no, start no, him? I'm not going to. No, I'm going to trade Luck when I get there, and then I'm going to play with Brissett. I love that I know, idea. I know Jacoby Brissett. Remember, I'm the one that taught him all this stuff. I he knows my system. So you're going to okay. doing sure. I'm yeah. going to play you're him, Josh and then I'm going to sure. trade Luck and try to get as much as I can for him, uh, pick wise and and compensation wise, so that I can use you know because you can probably get one. So you uh, want to do two, it right away for the draft this year? You would do it. Like oh yeah. That. Yeah, I, I need to get that because this draft is built to it's, – it, it has everything that you need except for wide receiver. But you already have wide receivers there. Unsurprisingly, we've gone long on this show. Eddie Spaghetti, uh, our sideline reporter, caught up, though, with uh, with your pal, Maurice, Brandon Marshall. Yes. Ooh. We'll play you that full interview um, next on the next show. But, we again, like I say, we got right. jammed up here. Brandon Marshall, though, and Spaghetti, they you know, Ed, Eddie Spaghetti's real name is Eddie Murphy. Yep. And Brandon Marshall is obviously the second most famous Brandon Marshall, so they commiserated about that. You can find uh, <laughs> that on Facebook and or Twitter if you want to hear what they had to say. Meantime, they also uh, uh, offered a question for us. Let's take a listen now. What's up, guys? I want y'all to tell me y'all favorite vacation memory. Get back to me on that. Favorite vacation memory? That's what we're talking about? We don't have time oh. for vacations, Brandon Marshall. You know what I remember? I, and I told him this when I saw him the other day, Brandon Marshall. It, before Super Bowl 50, we're walking around on the field 45 minutes before the Super Bowl. Oh, my God. Before the Super Bowl. That could be you, the Wolf, in three it, weeks' stop, time. Stop. Don't even. I can't even get there yet. You could be slapping Nick Foles on the back and say, go get him, Nikki. Don't even put this out there yet. You, but you won't. he won't know who you are because you'll have a dog mask on That's true. That's but he'll true. probably be wearing one, too. I would, yeah. 45 minutes before the biggest game of his life, Brandon Marshall runs off the field. Runs off the field to come and hug Maurice Jones. He's one of my babies, man. He was a young guy. He's like, hey, Maurice, what's up, man? And Maurice is a gentleman and says, right. Maurice is a gentleman. He's like, Brandon, this is uh, this is my friend Shaq here, and I'm shaking hands with Brandon Marshall. Like, good luck in the Super Bowl, Brandon Marshall. That was, it was awesome. It was surreal and yeah. crazy. And I said, what were you doing, man? What kind of behavior is that before the Super Bowl? And he said, well, Maurice is my guy got to come and say hello to him. It's my guy. Look, see, every, everybody loves MJD. No, no, no. Brandon was a guy. He was a, a kind of a later bloomer in the league. And, I, we, you know, we saw him cover. He was athletic and could move. And I was like, you need to train the right way in the offseason. And I'd always offer people to come down to Miami and train with me. And he was like the only one that ever do it. And literally from that point on, the Jaguars cut him the, that, that offseason or that next season. He goes to Denver. And it just blew up because it fit what he could do. And then he trained in Miami ever since. He's been balling. All right. Do him the solid. Where Where do you want a vacation? Foxborough? No, I thought it was your best vacation memory. My, my, yeah, my, and that was going to Heinz Field in my second home. <laughs> I knew it was going to be something <laughs> like that. White Christmas, Brandon. If you ever get a chance to have one of those, you should do it. The Wolf is going to bend the space-time continuum and claim this Sunday celebrating Ooh. the Eagles' victory over the Minnesota Vikings. Nah, because it would have to be three Sundays from now. Like, it would have to be, it'd have to be in Minnesota. That would be the best vacation memory. Let's, you know, speaking of that, you know, we're, everybody's talking about the three quarterbacks and Tom Brady. If Tom Brady, is it a wrap? Like, can Maurice, legitimately. Don't, don't talk to me about this. Just listen to me. Oh. I don't want to hear this right now, man. If Tom Brady, whatever. I don't know what happens. They, you know, they the, the it snows and they can't get to the game and they say, all right, it's just the Patriots win because they're the home. I don't know why. 
Because you're not going to accept the premise that the Patriots oh. win the game. Let's say they're in in Minnesota. If they get there, can either the Eagles or Vikings re- reasonably beat that team? Yeah. You they both so, have really huh? good defenses, and they and the one thing that hurts the Patriots more than anything is pressure up the middle. Yep. If they can get pressure up the middle and get to Tom Brady, that's what hurts them. The Jags can do that. I don't and think the Vikings can the do Vikings that. I think the Eagles that. might be able to, but Nick Foles, come on. That's not going to that's not gonna happen. Yeah. I'm rooting for you, the Wolf, but we if you get the Jags, yo. now that's something. The, oh, yeah, then what happens? Can you ask this last Jags question? Jags Eagles is interesting, especially to of, listen to the two of you. I'm sad. Yeah. I did want to know MJD's we... best vacation memory. Oh, yeah, you didn't answer. Oh, literally, I just told you. Going to Heinz Field really? with my kids this past weekend was the best thing I've ever No way. Before. It was awesome. That's so cool. It was awesome. I, I told what a you, nice it, dad. Look, look, win or lose, it didn't matter. They had fun, and that's all I cared about. And then I didn't leave anything in the hotel room. Right, no yeah. one got sick. No one got hurt. It was like the best that's thing ever. success. That's a successful yeah. trip. None of the chefs in, in the Pittsburgh restaurants took my advice and uh, put a little. I, didn't want, I don't want you to have serious injuries. <laughs> Just something that kept you out of the stadium. Checks in the shadows, the, pulling the fire alarm. Give a little of that to Len Fournette if you don't mind, go, too. Can we do the, the, sec, the second All right, question. one more, and then, the we, uh, then we'll clear out of here. Okay. Um, Bear, Doss, Tav, Ross. <laughs> what kind of name is Oh, come on. Rolls right off the tongue. It does. Has Lev Bell played his last game for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Maurice, you talked to 26 yeah. right after the game. I did. I, I don't think he did. I don't. I, I think he he's going to play. They're going to try to get a long term deal done, but they have to understand the price has gone up. Like there is no, yeah. there's no way that you can tell me that he's not that that vital piece to this team. I, they got to keep him. I can. They have to figure what it I, out. What I also can't tell you is how they get. Uh, Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, Lev Bell, all under the cap with what Lev Bell wants to get paid, and then still field a team. You draft. You have to draft well. All right. That's what it comes down to. I mean, think about it. The the the, the franchise tag this year was twelve nine. Next year is going to be fourteen fifteen million. That's going to be the floor of whatever you're negotiating. Seventeen million for twenty six is. That's what. It, but that's is that not what he's worth? Listen, he's the best running back in the he's league. He's the best player right now in the league. Best player in the league. Catch the ball. Antonio the Brown's the best. Uh, Antonio Brown's. Antonio Brown's phenomenal. Player. Phenomenal, but he yeah. doesn't. But he doesn't. The game can't go through Antonio Brown. Like it makes me sick to say this. I'm not. This is not a satisfying statement after the performance. The an all time performance from '84 against the, and the league's both. best defense. And, but level and seven and twenty six all flush down history's toilet now. You keep going um, back you, to the game. I'm talking about Levy. I'm Bell telling you what the score million. is. You Antonio Brown. Player in the I think that you can put him in any system, anywhere, and he'll flourish because of his skill set, his versatility. I think he's, he could catch. He could play wide receiver. He could catch the ball. He could run the ball. He could do goal line, short yards, anything you want him to do. He can do it. Can I tell you one thing that I will say just to, uh, to turn it back to while well, we we're talking about the Steelers? So I don't have to turn it back there. I will say the the he never wor- left. The vibe coming off of these 48 hours since the game feels reminiscent of after they lost to the 13, the 15 and one Steelers lost to the Patriots in Heinz Field. Rather than it causing them to crumble, I feel like it's a rallying point a year too late. Um, they, I thought they, last year was a I, th- I thought so, too. But yeah. I do feel like that they're, they're saying the right things. Want to come back now, Roethlisberger? Sorry, Shaq. Yes, start that. Don't music. be sorry for me. We'll have time to we'll, lament. We'll pour one out for you. Well, drink the your champagne, fancy <laughs> pantses. Muzzle tub. To play the music. Keep Get the music. me out Cheers. of here. I've had more than my fill. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, to the two of you, may yeah. you both emerge victorious on Sunday. Cheers. Go Thank get you. them. Have a gay time in your respective 
filthy stadium celebrating good times. Hey. Hey, what do you mean, filthy is stadium? That, is, that, is that Ken back there? I like the Speak link. Speak for yourself. I Me love too. the hey, world has been a thin slice of heaven. It's all great. I wasn't ready to sign off yet. Play it all right. Now oh, we no. go. And guess what? You know what? What? Tell me. I, I, I was I was almost I, – I had it in my heart to talk trash to the Wolf. Why? <laughs> I don't there's know. Only one, I was, there's only one Pennsylvania team left, and that's the Eagles. Yeah. Now, there's a team in Pittsburgh called the Penguins. They're in L.A. I'm taking my boy uh, to that on uh, Thursday night. That's the best vacation ever. Been a thin slice of heaven. So sad, Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> you go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring – your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 